we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi everyone, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. If you're watching it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the show, make sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new show is released. And if you'd like to find links to videos or MP3 files, just go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com and you can also submit any eerie experiences you've had at the Submit Your Story tab. Also, hook up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where you can find information not only about new shows, but also about monthly free merchandise giveaways. So, get comfortable, enjoy this new episode, and just imagine it's a dark and stormy night where not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse. And if a creature is stirring, you hope it's a mouse. Hi everybody, this is Marlene from Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? Of course, I want to put my two cents worth in about the weather because you all know that me living in Miami, I have my own uh, weird weather thing going on that you only find here in South Florida. And believe it or not, it's in the 40s. And it's really funny because with a guest that I want to bring on in a second who lives further up north, I was telling him that I'm a winter wimp because it's like, oh my God, you know, I, I even get out of bed and I drag my uh, my blanket with me. So yes, it's like one of those things. But anyway, let's get to the good part. The good part is um, about who my guest is today and I'm super excited. This gentleman, he goes by the name of Arizona Tramp, but I'm gonna call him by his first name, Paul. And he is the host of Swamp Gas on Black Swamp Digital Radio, which is WFROG 94.3. And um, he has shows about the paranormal, supernatural, unexplained, and uh, his shows, they, they go on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, right now, he lives uh, outside of Toledo, Ohio, which, AKA, is the Black Swamp. And this is, of course, where he gets the title of his radio station and his radio show, which is titled Swamp Gas. Uh, Arizona Tramp is his DJ name. Now, he's been involved with internet radio. In other words, he's a pioneer since 1998. Uh, he's also written a novel called Ancient Days, Ancients of Days Lies Hidden with, uh, Within Us. And he's also a singer, a songwriter, a composer, a renaissance man. But anyway, let me get Paul on. How are you doing today, Paul? Oh, I'm just fine. <laughs> I hope you are well. What an intro. Of course, that's it's all about you, absolutely. Anyway, Paul, I'm so thrilled to be interviewing you, and but we're gonna start because 
like I'm sure and we've discussed this before you've heard a multitude of different stories and experiences from other people because of your show but oh yeah did you ever have your own paranormal experience as a kid as an adult how did you get interested in this oh as a kid well sometimes some people they 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 don't get into it till they're an adult and others will tell you hey basically i was seeing ghosts out of the cradle so what happened i had uh lots of paranormal experiences as a kid uh, damned if I can remember any of them right now, except for um, the only thing that comes to mind at the moment was uh, experience as a kid at a uh, at the oh, camp store way back in the day. I think I, yeah, I think I was thirteen or something, and we walked past this shed that's supposed to be haunted, or they they everybody said it was haunted or something. And we looked in, me and a friend of mine looked in there, and there was this, this beehive and all these bees, and they started chasing us. And so we ran, we were telling everybody to run for their life. And lo and behold, there was no bees. And we even went back and we looked, in, I got everybody to look inside the, this place, and there was no bees there. There was no nest there. There was nothing. So. Wow. And... When you said that camp, I had flashes of Friday the 13th. It was like this summer camp. I was like, oh, there's a lot of stuff happens at summer camps. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, something came out of the lake or. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Too much horror movies. But yeah, and also you mentioned that. I know you said you had several that you can't explain. And I was going to say, you know, the, sometimes people, they don't have them like in early childhood. But then when you go into adolescence, which, you know, sometimes there's a correlation between adolescence, poltergeist. That, 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 that's sometimes also when people start having their own uh, unusual experiences. And um, I, I myself had, which when it happened, and of course you're a teenager, you don't pay attention to that stuff because you've got other stuff going on. Yeah. But then later on, you think back and you go, wait a minute, that was what? That, I think that was that. Was that. Uh, it's very seldom, unless it's really horrific and in your face, that when you're a teenager, you really understand what you're witnessing. doesn't make sense. But you just keep on doing whatever you're doing because who right. wants to think about that? Uh, and I tell everybody, when I was like, uh, I want to say maybe 15, 16, something like that, 14, 15, uh, this was... Once upon a time, you know, when phones were on a cord and used to hang on a wall like a landline. Um, we used to have two in the house. One was in the kitchen, one was in my mom's uh, bedroom right next to her on her nightstand. So I wanted to, I had a little boyfriend and he was a bus boy and he lived across town. So we would have to talk after I got home like midnight and I had those super long extra cords, you know, that that you could stretch for miles from the phone base. Yeah, yeah. I and uh, I would sit like in the hallway out of the kitchen because this is where the other phone was at. And I would just talk to him and, you know, all the, all the lights were off, I would just have like a hall light on and, you know, stupid stuff that you talk about for hours when you think back about it. But anyway, a couple of times, this was around the winter and we used to have, this was um, this, this house that we used to live in, it really didn't have any trees in the yard per se. It had like a big pine tree in the front, but it wasn't like bushy or anything. And it had a chain link fence and uh, it had uh, the door for where you came up the sidewalk and then the double ones that you would open if you wanted to put your car into the carport. It was like an older home. And I remember being out there, again, this is like usually one in the morning, so it's really super, super quiet. And I remember a couple of times I would hear like the jingle of that chain link fence and 
and this is by the way for me to pay attention to when you're talking to somebody on the phone at that age it takes a lot and i remember the first <laughs> couple of times thinking, it's a cat even though you know I, I didn't have a cat but you're always thinking a neighborhood cat jumping on it later on i realized it would have to be a huge cat to make that chain because the one that i would hear rattle would be the double ones that you open to put your car in right and then a couple of times i distinctly heard um up, somebody walking up, around the grass crunching you know when it crunches like this yeah and again the first few times because i didn't want to pay attention i thought a cat but then it was like man those are footsteps obviously i didn't think it was a ghost i thought i had somebody out in the yard and i like hung up i told him oh god i hang up and he's like no no no, don't hang up and i'm thinking you're across town what are you gonna do i power launched myself on top of my poor mom who's sleeping telling her oh my god there's somebody in the yard there's somebody in the yard she's like wigged out totally so we turn off all the lights and we're going through all the windows looking out into this dark yard you know the only thing you can see is maybe like porch lights from the houses around but that's it there's nobody and by the way you never hear anybody running off it's not like oh i hear steps and then you hear crunch 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 somebody disappearing uh this happened to me a couple of times more than once and what's really funny about this is i i grew up in that neighborhood and we moved away and then they the couple it was an older couple who lived there with their daughter and her their daughter grew up the the dad passed away and then this older lady rented the house out and it was right across the street from my grandmother's house and um i mean in other words i was very familiar with his neighborhood i was living there since i was three years old and um there was no peeping tom and i mean i had other experiences but like i said a lot of times you don't realize what it is till you look back i personally think thinking back because of other experiences that i had there that i think it was the the husband or the older man that used to live there with his wife that you know basically they this was when people would stay put in their houses uh, and he was just doing his thing that's the only thing i could think of because more than once i did that uh I hear somebody walking outside on the grass at night. Again, there's no trees. If you looked out the window, there's nothing for anybody to hide in. Uh, yeah. And nobody there. It would just stop. And it would always be like around the outskirts of the house. And um, yeah, that, that was my short little ghost story as far as <laughs> stuff that happens to you in adolescence that not, uh, not till you're older do you go, hey, that was, that was weird. <laughs> People haven't heard the intro to my show, which uh, I, I'm starting a new show, but it's from a dark basement in a haunted dwelling somewhere in the black swamp of Northwest Ohio. I live in a haunted house. Oh, you do? Uh, yeah, I live in a haunted house. Uh, there was two guys that were married to the lady that lived here. They died at separate times. She was married at separate times with these guys, but they died here and they stayed here and they waited till she passed and then they left. But this this one guy uh, that lived here would follow me all over the property. He used to like to do things like turn up the refrigerator. Uh, he, he would open the refrigerator door after you shut it. He'd open it just after you shut it and you have to go back behind yourself and shut the thing again and bitch about it. Or you turn the thermostat up and down. You know, that's what he did at first. And, and then he'd follow me into the shed. And he'd move my tools around. I'm using the tool that I need. He'd move it on the other side of the shed or something like that. And uh, it, that's, that's that was, like, really interesting. And that doesn't really go on too much anymore. 
because they left. They took off when when, when uh, the lady that we bought the house from died, and she never did come back. She just she just left. And uh, but uh, your cat story, I, I got one that um, will amaze you. Okay. Uh, and, like I was married uh, to my my ex-wife. Uh, we were together. We were living in Detroit in like '92. Well, one night we got into it, so I hopped in the van and I spent the night in uh, a grocery store parking lot, which is not the best thing to do in Detroit. Hey, that was that was your Walmart parking lot back then. I, I, I did it anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but the thing is, 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 is this little bitty kitten crawled up and going meow, 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 and I had to pull the engine cover off in order to get the cat out from inside where, where, where the engine is. And the scruffy little cat looks like it hadn't eaten and is oh, meow, meow all over the place. This cat followed me all over the country. Everywhere I ever went, this cat would show up. Are you serious? And the last place that I saw this kitten was when I was in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. I haven't seen it since. But uh, the first summer that we were here, or and last summer, not uh, not this last summer. We've been here three years now, so it's the first two summers. We would hear this cat outside the window, and but we could never find it, could never see it. I don't know if it was the same cat, but we'd hear a cat, and we don't have cats around here. Okay. Uh, we've got bald eagles and so on <laughs> that live around here, and they will literally swoop down and pick up a cat and eat it. I mean, oh, I believe if you've seen the talons on a bald eagle, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. They're, they're yeah. very big animals and they'll pick up the, yeah, they'll, they'll pick up an animal. But um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah no, I've got, I have the problem out here with, with hawks and chickens, but I know that if they're big enough, yeah, cat cat will do, especially a kitten. Oh yeah, my, my buddy, uh, has little pugs and he just had a litter. His dogs just had a litter of pugs and he's going, I gotta get rid of these. I said, well, I'd take them, but it'd be eagle food yeah. or hawk food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Luckily, I, I don't have the birds of prey out at where I live at. They're only so big and I gotta worry about my chicks up to a certain size or I've got, you know, those little, they <laughs> were segueing off, but I've got these little bantam uh, roosters that are really small. I lost yeah. a couple to hawks out here because of that. They can't carry it off, but they'll kill it if they're hungry enough. But so. no, they'll kill it and get where it sits. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I, I saw a hawk, uh, well, not a hawk, uh, an owl. I watched an owl one day uh, swoop down, and it was only a baby owl. It was only uh, like half the size it's supposed to be when it's an adult. And it tried to uh, get a squirrel, and that squirrel fought it off. It was like, wow, you only see this stuff on nature, on, on PBS. And it's like, I'm sitting in my backyard watching this. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have, for that reason, because my chickens are free-ranging. And I've got a couple of roosters, but I bought in what's called a fighting rooster, which they're huge. It's like yeah. big. And they I brought him in for big. that alone because he'll attack whatever comes in this yard. Yeah, people laugh when they say get, they get attacked by a chicken. But. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but, let me tell you something. I had I had a, a like you said a moment when it was like man, it's like chicken drama out here. They chickens are aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're really aggressive. Yeah, people don't understand it till you're in it. But, um, but yeah. And, but let me ask that thing about that kitten. 
so you're telling me the first time you had that experience was when you went out to that parking lot in the in in Detroit when you were in ninety two and when I was in Baton Rouge, that was two thousand and three. Wow. Yeah. And was there any timing specifically when this would happen, or would it just be random? Whenever I was alone, uh, living by myself, I, I spent a year in my van. Okay. Living when I was in Sedona, I decided to do a spiritual uh, sabbatical type thing, mm-hmm. and I lived a year in my van in the desert, literally. Okay. And this kitten would find, and, and, and a cat's not going to survive in the desert. Of course not. And you so would be out kitten, there hearing a kitten, cat. Kitten, this this kitten was something else, and wow. he was he was like whenever I was in distress, that cat would be there. Wow. But, and then what happened? It just stopped one day. It is well. Uh, I have been in relationship in the place that I'm living, and and all that. I've been in relationships since '05, and I haven't um, needed it. I guess. Okay, that's interesting. Because I was about to say, this sounds like it's tied into your, you know, like your emotional state, and that's that's. Yeah. that's you are the first person to hear this story. Oh my God, I'm thrilled. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I think that is a super interesting because a lot of people, when they do the thing about the animal ghost, it's usually what used to be a pet and then they'll see it, blah, 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 blah. And what's, you're going to, this is, you know, talk about coincidences, which are synchronicities, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I do another podcast called Nightshade Diary where basically I read the stories. These are older stories, you know. Some of them are true, some of them are not. And I just oh, finished cool. doing one a few days called The House of the Bloody Cat. And the the story is exactly what you're detailing. Uh, the author said it was based out of the UK in a, supposedly a true story, but I'm not sure. And he, tell, he retells the story of when he used to go to school, he had a teacher, a headmistress, who told this story about where she used to live as a child, where they was an older big manor house in the UK and one of the wings they wouldn't use it because it was just too costly and things of this nature and right but then when she was a kid she would go exploring and she goes one of the times that she goes out there she sees a black cat but it's all injured it's like mangled and she's like trying to pick it up thinking where did this come from and it turns out it's not a real cat but in her case uh, it turned out that every time that if she ever went into that wing and she would see the cat. They would. She, it would basically like a harbinger of death. Something would happen. And later on, she says that they found out that that somebody had abused and killed a cat that belonged to a child that lived there. Blah 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 blah, etc. That's like the condensed version. But I think it's so interesting because uh, I mean, I've read a lot of stories, but um, it has a lot to do. I think what you're relating to, which is the sighting of an animal that might not necessarily have been your pet, based on what's going on in your life. Oh, yeah. Isn't it interesting? And in your case, you're like, that. I mean, I could I could put on my, my psychotherapist hat and try to read a, a, a bunch of things into it. But basically, you know, I imagine when you heard it the first time, you were like, I got a rescue. I've got a cat or a kitten somewhere inside well, yeah. my... Well, where did you come? Why are you up here in my engine? You know, it's like... In, yeah. in, and my van was giving me crap. That's why I couldn't start it, or I would have like ended up driving with this cat, you know, right. up 
inside my motor. And uh, it used to hide up at different times. It used to hide up in the wheel well, or it would hide up in the motor, or somehow it would climb up by the battery under the hood. Or I would just be parked there. Like I, I was, uh, the last time I saw it, I was at my living at my Reiki master's okay. house. Um, and, and my van that I spent the year in, um, I was staying in the van because this house was too small. So I'm in the, in the driveway uh, and, and I'm in my van and all of a sudden the cat shows up. And what did it look like? Uh, it's oh. This cat, it's months. It was white and brown and it was the size of an eight week old or 10 week old yeah, kitten. Yeah, like one of those little kitties, yeah. Yeah, and it was all like nappy and and um, and stuff. And, right. Yeah. You like know. you could tell that it's. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like it's not not well cared for. In other words. Yeah, not real. Like he lived out in the wild and hadn't seen anybody or had anybody be friendly to him in in forever. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Yeah. But how, because I wouldn't take him with me, so how he would find me in a different part of the country, and I've been all over this damn country, uh, is it, absolutely clueless to me. Uh, unless it's a uh, spirit guide taking a physical form or something. Sure, you know. sure. I have heard of that. I have heard of that. Let me ask you, but just out of curiosity, do you know what or who your totem is? Your animal totem? I don't know if you have well, I'm pagan, so what comes to mind is Bast, Lady Bast. Mm -hmm, exactly. I, and I, I, the other thing that correlates with that is that one of the nights that I stayed in the desert down by a creek, uh, on the other side of the of the, of the creek, um, I, I'm doing my little ritual thing because it's full moon, and uh, I, I was talking about how the goddess should give me a sign, and I hear this baby cry, and you know that's a mountain lion. Okay. And we had two. There was two at that time, wow. and I'm going, okay, Bass. Uh, no, okay, I'm Not going. That big. And the cat slept on the top of my van the whole night. Holy you can crap. see we didn't have cell phones back then. I couldn't take pictures of. Right, of yeah. <laughs> I couldn't take pictures of because we didn't have that stuff to do that then. And, and me living in my van, I wouldn't have had it anyway, uh, I, you know, so. That is, wow. Yeah, that does sound like it's your totem. I kind of, yeah, so it's like. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I take everything with, with either a grain of salt or with my jaw hitting the floor, you know. You know, sometimes, I mean, don't get me wrong, I. I understand the curiosity of trying to get things explained, but sometimes it, you can only take it that far and leave it at the, whatever it is. It is. How did you feel? I mean, that's usually what I go by. How did you feel? I knew who it was, but I also knew that I needed to get my ass inside the van. Ah, just in case, right? You know, it, well, perfect love and perfect trust. It, the whole 
story with the snake and grandma or the, uh, or the frog and, and the scorpion. Right. You know, the, the scorpion asks the, the frog, as the frog is carrying the scorpion on its back across right. the creek, mm-hmm. the scorpion stings the frog and the frog says, why did you do that? I'm saving your life. He says, because I'm a scorpion. Yeah, and you knew I was a scorpion. Okay, so it's perfect love and perfect, it's a perfect love, perfect trust story. It's like, I, things will be exactly what they are. They will be true yeah. to their nature. And, all right, if, if, if there's a cat on the other side of the creek that I know I am not going to be able to deal with, I need to get my butt in the, in the van. I know who it is, but I need to get my butt in the van. Right. She wants to talk to me through the door, that's fine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yes. Like, I, I totally agree. I totally agree because I think sometimes people, when they do the metaphysical stuff, they kind of lose sight of the reality of what's actually happening. Uh, and things like this is like, yeah, self-preservation is always at the top of my list. <laughs> as much as possible under all circumstances. You, well, yeah. Yeah. So, and so you've had these I, mystical experiences and, and you, like you said, you've had these, uh, I, I take it that at this place where you live at, you, you, did you ever catch on that after this lady died? It was when these occurrences either like stopped or just faded away or uh well they they're not so frequent anymore uh i think i told you off air uh the story about the cell phone last night yeah but can you say that again because for those people who who i'm sure that this has happened to a lot of people believe it or not i think that happens more than people want to admit to well, yeah. I, all right. Oh, well, last night uh, I had had a conversation with someone er, a little bit earlier who wanted me to come and save their butt, you know, get them out of the situation again. Okay. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I, I left the computer. I went in. I laid down on the, on the couch. The wife went to bed. The granddaughter's in bed. Uh, the wife's cell phone is in the bedroom. My cell phone is over on the other side of the TV, and the granddaughter's cell phone is dead. So I'm laying there on, on the couch, and I know where all the cell phones are, but I hear this, and I can hear, feel the vibration of this phone. Okay. And it's like, okay, well, who is this? this you know, I'm not even going to bother answering this. So uh, it's like somebody called three different times, and you, and you feel the vibration. Well, I go to grab the phone cell phone to see who called i tore that couch apart there's no cell phone uh-huh and it's like yeah. until this day from what you're saying and no phone nothing that's, that's the kind of thing that happened to me yeah you know i mean so and it's a daily occurrence and you know uh, so i'm used to it i don't think it's any big deal i don't get freaked out about it i got kind of freaked out you know, over the cell phone deal. That, that, that kind of did freak me out. Well, and people don't realize that, well, now it's cell phones because that's the kind of electronics that a lot of people have, but historically there's a lot of people that have had metaphysical evidence tied into some type of electronic, whether it's the light switching on and off by themselves or sometimes electrical appliances burning out. It just so happens that the last thing are phones. But uh, I've heard of people getting messaged, you know, and I'm sure you've heard of it, where there was only landlines of people getting yeah. phone calls and yep. they would get either dead air or staticky or the the voice of somebody 
they knew was deceased or they would even sometimes have a conversation with somebody that they didn't know at that moment that that person had died and then right. shortly thereafter they would get get told oh by the way no that person died and the time that they were speaking to him that person had already passed on so maybe somebody was trying to reach you from the other side well and the only thing i get is that it's a wake-up call for something yeah yeah but so if there's no cell phone under the pillow how am i supposed to answer it right and that i think is like so <laughs> I would probably, knowing myself, I think I would have done exactly what you did, torn the sofa apart. Like, I got to find this thing because there's something in here. Yeah. I, I'm supposed to be at this level in my, at my point in life where, you know, it's like, okay, you're calling me. What do you want? And it's a bit, it's like, you know, 20 degrees outside. I'm not going out to make circle tonight. <laughs> it's yeah. just not going to happen, you know? Exactly. So. Exactly. It's like the, the practical side of life. It's like, okay, whatever. It's like your timing is off on this one. <laughs> but yeah, I my life. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I had a case one time where I had um, the family was saying that uh, the grandmother of the family that had been deceased was trying to communi communicate with the grandson, and it was going through one of these phones that was dead, you know, as in not connected. It would, and they had even taken the the batteries off, but it was still working. And that yeah. was, and this was one, you know, when people were just having the flip phone kind of things. Yeah, I remember those. So. I never had one. <laughs> yeah, it was like the, the yeah, we've. It, the uh, only reason I own a cell phone is in case I have to dial 911 for the granddaughter. Sure. Or because I want to use it for pictures. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I have a phone. I, I could care less if I have a phone. If you want to get a hold of me, then get a hold of me on Skype or on Facebook or wherever you can get a hold of me on the internet because. Uh -oh. Well, no. I, I, talked about it and this is not a ghost thing but this is a you know a now thing which is I think people sometimes are get so anxious and distraught and overwrought because your phone follows you everywhere and everybody thinks that you people should be instantly available all the time yeah and I won't with that I, I don't deal with that I don't text I don't I find texting highly rude unless you're at work and if I mess if I text my wife at work ask her a question and she gets back to me when she can get back to me and it's free time that's that's a good thing to do that that kind of texting i, I like that yeah. but to sit there and especially you know i i, I can't i i don't want to deal with the fact that when my granddaughter is older she's going to sit there at the dinner table and she's going to try to text somebody because then i'm going to have to like take that phone and throw it out the window because <laughs> i'm not going to deal with it of course and that makes i i think um, I don't. I didn't. This last time, I didn't even set up my voicemail, and you know why? Because just about everybody that wants that needs to get a hold of me will find a way of like text me, email me, or something, or call me back. Uh, so I didn't even set up my voicemail. Let's forget this. <laughs> That's Marlene's <laughs> protesting this. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, the electronics does play a part a lot in uh, as far as when people are having a paranormal experiences. But then uh, after that, did you have you because it sounds like you've been have you ever gone to any places like visiting that you've walked in and you've either seen or had like that feeling like I need to get out of here? Oh, well, um, 
the paranormal convention here in Toledo last September, was it last September? Yeah, it's been that long. Uh, Toledo Ghost Hunter Society was there. And uh, I hadn't seen them guys in a year, I, although I interviewed them several times on the show. Uh, so I went and I saw my buddy who's a DJ and my uh, one of my people ended up being there too from my little clique, uh, uh, whatever you want to call that. And uh, was, But we went up into the attic of what's called the Collingwood Arts Center that has been built since the... Uh, end of uh, the revolutionary, or not revolution, uh, the war between states. Right. And uh, there's a lot of paranormal activity that, that's in there. And um, well, we went up into the attic and, and to make a long story short, I made the comment, uh, okay, well, if there's any children up here in the attic, could you give us a sign? And there was no there was nothing above us except for a roof and it's slanted and there's no children up there. All right. But, um, you hear a ton of, of, of kids or whoever start beating their feet on the floor and it sounds like it's coming from above us. Right. Or it's just the roof. But there's just a roof above us. You know, we, we, we got rid of the, the music because there was a food truck outside playing music, so we debunked that. Earlier that day, there was uh, this dark entity that was running around, and I got rid of that. Um, so there's my paranormal activity with another group. There you go. That's like the only time I've been ghost hunting, except for maybe up in Canada, uh, where back when I was up in Canada in 2000, at the end of 2003, um, the, my buddy introduced me to ghost hunting. He's got this this, this tape recorder and, okay. and so we went around and, and did that kind of stuff up there. Um, well, coming from the time prior to all these gadgets and things that they've got now cameras and meters and this and that where the most you had this was I tell everybody you know I was doing this before there was digital photography in other words you had to pay to develop film yeah so it could get very expensive it wasn't like now that you can do a thousand shots and then just hey when you don't capture anything you don't capture anything which part of I think part partly that it distracts from actually have witnessing anything and plus if you could a lot of things can be manipulated I want to put it nicely yes. yeah just to uh, or any any little things like did you hear that and it was like yeah that's I think it's a cricket or it's like okay you know for me it's like this, has, this is this has got to be significant that is like this cannot possibly be anything else uh, and uh, well the RF meter the the RF meter is a joke. I don't care if the power's off in the house or not. You've got power lines right out mm -hmm. front. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, or something of that nature. Yeah, there's a lot of these gadgets that they can, it can give you a totally different reading because of the area, what it'll pull in. But a lot of people like will swear by it. Uh, and again, you know, every, every, everybody's got their own you know, way of doing stuff like that, research and things like that. And but I think sometimes it, it looks great, you know, it looks very, ooh, 
when you're putting all these cameras on all these things and uh, but uh, I've had experiences without benefit all of all that stuff uh, and one of the one let me ask you do you have you ever just to segue a little bit off into another area of the paranormal have you ever had any UFO sightings Paul? oh yeah yeah uh, the one I always like to talk about is uh, I think it was 96 maybe it was 95 okay. at that time I'm living in the north end of Toledo and uh, I'm I live on the third floor it's from my uh, the house that I own that I rent out to people the the top floor was my apartment that I lived in and you can look right across the river and you can see the oil refinery you can see the high school you could see it, everything from there i mean because it was like it was on the third floor and uh i've got the stereo on uh low and i start doing one of my talks where i'm talking actually talking with with uh someone who's claiming to be one of those people on a craft and i said well that's fine go ahead and you show me so there's, uh, he says, look out the window. There's three silver egg-shaped objects across the river on the east side of Toledo going towards the oil refinery, and then they all shoot straight up. Well, 15 minutes later, on the radio, he, the DJ says, oh, well, we've got, the lines are flooded. We've got tons of people. There's like 1,500 people in total, I guess, that saw this same thing. They all saw it. The DJ told said every single one of us was high. Are you kidding? <laughs> and and Blake, uh, you know, I understand that not everybody that says they see something is really seeing something. I get it, but you're gonna tell me that everybody that has a sighting all colluded <laughs> the same actual experience or saw something because they were high? Come on. Yeah. Well, what was going on was uh, I, I wasn't there. I didn't go that week. Um, but they have, uh, I was not too far from downtown and downtown, they had what they called party in the park where they had live entertainment and everybody would drink beer and blah, 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 blah. So he just put it off as everybody was drunk or high or something. And it's like, and okay. That's a, that mass hallucination there, right? I, I called him up. I said, dude, I'm not down there and I'm not high. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. So, so, you know. That and he didn't air that, but... Did you... No, I'm sure. Did you ever have any other experiences? Either sightings or... Oh, uh, well, uh, as far as UFOs? Yeah. Oh, if you have sightings of anything else, I'd like to hear about that too, but... Uh, well, uh, when I was in Sedona, I'm sitting there with my Reiki master. Okay. And went outside of the shop. Uh, it was nighttime. We went outside the shop after we did our little meditation session, mm -hmm. we had this meditation deal going on, or he did, because he was working there, I, I wasn't. And these people would show up. And so I, uh, it rained, sleeted, snowed, uh, all within 15 minutes. All right, uh, in Arizona? In Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, which, which it's kind of a high desert, so you do get snow. But um, I walk outside, smoke, light a cigarette, and uh, right after all this, 
and I look up into the sky, and um, there is like this so hi, dropped out of hyperspace, and you could only see them for like a split second. But you, all of a sudden, they were there, and then they weren't there. But it was Sedona is so dark because they take pride in not having the lights on. So Sedona and Flagstaff are so it's so dark that okay. you can't see your hand in front of your face unless there's something like a, a porch light or a street light or something. So when you look up to the sky, all you see is the Milky Way, and then all of a sudden, poof, you see these lights, and it. And I'm guessing it's a fleet that dropped out. I I don't know what the hell this was. Okay. That's looked like to me. That's so interesting. Wow. Because I know, you know, what's really funny, you know, I know that Sedona has got this reputation. A lot of people, you know, uh, metaphysical. There's a lot of metaphysical metaphysical stuff going on there. But I've had two different reports of two different people that felt really ill when they basically were coming into Sedona. So much so they had to leave, like they felt physically. The energy of Sedona is really weird. Okay. Uh, after being there for the first month, I got really super sick. Okay. And it was my energy is trying to adapt themselves to Sedona. Okay. And okay. I had to learn how to ground in Sedona all together again. Yeah. In the swamp, the swamp energy automatically, you automatically ground here. So you don't really have to teach yourself how to ground too much. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. When you go somewhere like there and you're in the high desert, you have to learn how to ground. If you don't know how to ground, your head's going to be in the clouds constantly. Right. You exactly. feel like you just had half a bottle of whiskey all the time if you don't ground. And yeah, unless you... And you're used to it. You know, I, I could tell you some screwed up stories yeah. about Sedona too. There's a dark side of Sedona that I don't know if we should get into. Why not? <laughs> Let's go. Hang tight, everybody. Well, you know, Sedona's like any other town. They do things that are not kosher. Okay. They do things like... Um, on the, I guess it's the west side of Sedona, you take 89A out towards Cottonwood. Uh, there's a spot that they, they this resort that they uh, went to go build. But it was right on Indian burial ground land. Well, they dug the bones up and they dropped them off at the Hopi Reservation. Okay. They blacktopped, uh, they laid blacktop down before they built anything. Uh, so that the parking lot was there and, and, and stuff. And, well, um, 
they laid the, they laid the blacktop down, and the next day, they went back and it was gone. It looked like it did before. This happened. This happened twice. On the third time, it, it, it they blacktopped it, it. The blacktop remained. But the whole point is, is that they dumped, dug those bones up and just dropped them off at the Hopi reservation. And it makes you wonder: Did they really? They they didn't do anything. They dug them up and they took them to the Hopi and, reservation. And for all you know, they might have st left stuff behind anyway. And, and they left. Of course, they left something behind, but. The yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Though. The way that they're disrespecting, exactly. You know, everybody's a psychic in Sedona. Well, I have to call bullshit on that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I get it. The thing, uh, the, the, the guy, the guy that was on the news about the sweat lodges, where this guy uh, yes. had killed some people. Well, I got right, into the one that collapsed, or the people that 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 basically they died because yeah. I told him to knock his stuff off before, this just before he I left Sedona. I took I got into it with him and I told him. In fact, the police even showed up. I told him to knock his stuff off. He was going to kill people, and that's what he did. Yeah. All right, people move into Sedona, and two weeks later, they're a shaman, or they're a Reiki master. I'm sorry, but no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. They think that, like you said, they took a course, they read a book, and now they're... It's like, you know, my bitch back during the day was somebody would watch Charmed and, and then claim that they were a witch. Or they the watched craft. The craft. <laughs> that movie that came they out. They that they were a witch. And uh, no. 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 What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you right. know? You know, I mean, I, I'm telling you, and there's a lot of people that they don't know what they're doing and they conjure stuff. And then it's like, good luck, I'm putting that genie back in the bottle. I, I am, yeah, uh, <clears throat> when I had my show, I had to be really careful about how I handled things because I would call bullshit all the time. And uh, you can't do that and have a successful show. <laughs> so I, I couldn't do that. But, I, you know, it's one of my favorite things that I like to do. I was going to uh, tell you, so you probably said, okay, I, this person might never come back on my show again, but here we go. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> What you mean? Well, and, it, and it happens. It happens. Well, I had people, I had this one guy, and he goes by Lucky. And I had this one guy uh, come on my show and talk about these trippy things that happened to him and all this kind of stuff. And he's telling me this story about this woman that comes out of out of his house, out of out of, out of this house where you know out, out of nowhere, this abandoned house, this woman comes out and hands him a glass of, of, of lemonade. And I'm going, you know, I know that story. I've heard that story. Two weeks later on TV, I'm watching In Search Of, and what do you think I watch? The same story. story. Uh, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. You know, and, and I called BS on him. I did. You know, I, I didn't come out and say BS, but I said, dude, you know, I've seen that on Unsolved Mysteries or something. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? What's really funny, Paul, is that people don't understand how much energy it takes for this garnet to materialize anything, much less to give you a glass of lemonade. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, that's, that's yeah, totally unrealistic. And but I, I but well, I think the, it's funny. It's like I can't even come up with my original ghost story. 
The only one that does this, and 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 they, and they don't do it. The goddess Pele, you know, mm-hmm. from the volcano, and she right come up and skew for a glass of water. Right. And if you give her a glass of water, she'll save your house. Right, right. But exactly. you know, the story never aired on the news. All the people's houses that were saved this last summer. Right when Hawaii yeah. was, yeah. What happened? I didn't hear about that. It, you didn't hear about the volcanic Oh, activity. no, no, no. But what you were saying, that people's houses were saved because of... Them giving glasses of water to Pele? Oh, no. I hadn't heard about that. You didn't hear that side of the story? No. That's not newsworthy. Unfortunately, you no. You look at a photographic picture, and there's lava all around the yeah. house. But the house is right there. Well, okay, how do you think that happened? Just how do you think that happened? Good There's question. only one explanation, okay. and that's that these stories about Pele are real. Okay. And I imagine, you know, I'm hoping that there's people there that re- remembered, like, I think this is what I need to do. Otherwise, my house is toast, literally and figuratively. That's, yeah. I, I mean, I'm familiar with Pele, but I did not know that, that. And, you know, coming from an area where we have natural disasters here in South Florida, and I've seen that uh, firsthand, where you'll have some houses that are spared and others that are basically, all you've got is the foundation of the house with a lot of junk around it. Sinkholes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, that uh, I, I've seen that firsthand. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I've had people tell me a lot of different, it's, it's, you know, last year we had, hurricanes we had a major one come through here and one just give us a lot and i had a lot of stories from people hearing a lot of weird noises and sounds especially people that had properties that were on the outskirts like woodland i had a lot of stories from people come to me and say that they were hearing really unusual howlings and noises coming out of there and i was like are you sure it wasn't the wind and they're like no you know i would tease them are you sure and they're and they were, I mean, these are credible people that told me these stories. And it was more than one. And they didn't, you know, different people were telling me these stories. So, and then we can get in onto elemental spirits and so forth as far as, you know, we're talking this type of, you know, basically it's, it's, uh, it's nature. It's like no stopping it when it's going to happen. And, yeah. and what you're talking is a, basically, uh, if you want to look at Pele as a goddess or it's, a, it's, a, it's appeasement because at the end of the day it like puts us right back in our place like you're only humans <laughs> and, and well, nature I, is... I don't want to get into the religious aspect oh, no 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 but what I'm saying is sometimes we forget that we can get spanked really hard well, yeah we can, we can get but I, I tend to piss hard. off a lot so I, don't, I don't go into politics I don't go into religion no, I know I know but no but what I'm saying is that <clears throat> a lot of times we forget that despite all our technology and stuff when it comes right down to it to when you're talking natural disasters we're like we're basically hoping that that we'll come out the other end of it uh and it kind of like because i think as humans sometimes we're of course we're at the top of the pyramid thing and it's like not really not not really and i think once you've had that first-hand experience in in some type of natural disaster uh, uh if you do have metaphysical beliefs like that's when 
when you might have that first-hand experience that only you understand. Maybe like what you said, why your house gets spared or you're warned to leave at a certain time, uh, things of that nature. And I've heard stories along those lines of, as well. When you've got nothing right. but I, intuition, maybe. I'm a big believer in karma, though, too. Yeah. Yes. And the karma, is, as far as I'm concerned, is very real. And it will get you. There's nothing about it. It's going to get you. I, I, I don't. So, but I, I'm not going to go any deeper than that because that brings religion into things. I know, and I know what you mean. Go. And you know what? And sometimes, Paul, you know, when we talk about karma, and like you said, sometimes you never know how it plays out for different people because you lose touch of, especially somebody that's done you wrong, for example. And you never know what happens to some certain people down the line. But uh, yeah, you'd be surprised if you ever able to glimpse or find out. You you do understand exactly what you're talking about as far as karma is concerned. Uh, that can play out in a really weird and unusual ways, even if it takes years for it oh, yeah. to happen. Which sounds like maybe you've you've had some examples firsthand <laughs> in your own personal I ain't life. Talking about those. And, I'm okay. Not going. <laughs> Let me ask you, and, and I'm and I'm going to ask you, and I don't know if you've had any guests that have talked, because I, I'm sure you've heard when you were talking about. Sedona and stuff like that, and I don't. I'm sure you've heard of Skinwalker Ranch up in Utah. Oh yeah. And um, you know, now basically it's on lockdown and nobody's allowed there. And what happened was uh, some of the stuff that people that they were saying was like very unusual. And uh, I mean, I researched myself and I did find where way way back before it was bought over by the last family that was there, the Shermans, and they did have UFO sightings out there in that area. You know, so it wasn't okay. like something, you know, how sometimes the first thing you're thinking of was all this stuff contrived, you know, to make it whatever, like sell a book or whatever the case might be. But no, in truth, <laughs> lots of years before any of this happened, there was UFO sightings out in that area. And I, and I looked, I, I did the research, there was, it was written up. Enough that it made the newspapers. How's that? Do you have yeah. any theories as to what do you think is out there, or was out there? For Skinwatcher Ranch. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <clears throat> no, not really. I, I, I know there's something there. What's out there? I, I'm not going to really discuss because people can't handle, and and, and I know. People say they can handle it. Oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to look for, for dog man or I'm going to go Bigfoot hunting, but they get scared at a little spider in their tub. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I understand you totally. You know what I'm saying? saying? Mm -hmm. uh, skin, the skinwalker that is the Native American skinwalker is right. uh, someone that becomes dark and has these magical powers because mm -hmm. uh, that's the route that they took and they took a very dark route to get there right uh, but uh on, what people refer to as skinwalkers these days are uh, are what people refer uh, a shapeshifter exactly and uh i've i've had personal contact with shapeshifters okay and some of them are my friends okay you know, uh, whether you want to believe that or not, I don't really care. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you. But um, uh, skinwalkers stay 
away from they, they try to just stay away from everybody because nobody people are scared of their own shadow and they're scared of anything that's not like them it's always been the human way of things so um and they're especially afraid of something that can take take the form of anything that it wants to. Right. I mean, yeah, that's very scary. I mean, one of my friends would come by and, and, and he'll soar by as an eagle, and and the clue that it's not an eagle is the fact that it's twice the size of a freaking eagle. Okay. And those things are huge. You know, just swoop down and, and and then he'll be gone. Okay. So let me know. And uh, right, and and I mean. Supposedly, uh, the, the the Ute Indians, which were the natives that that basically they lived historically in that area, avoided that piece of land because it was supposedly used by the, the Navajo shapeshifters, which from what I understand, even presently, a lot of these Native Americans, it's like, no, we're talking about everything except a shapeshifter. Like, they're like, no, we're not going there. We're not talking. We're not even bringing it up in conversation. Yeah. It's exactly the same as someone referring uh, that, uh, uh, like, I, I've heard the story of born-again Christians doing this quite a bit, where they will call the devil in, uh, an, an evil entity. They will call it in, and then they'll say, well, in the name of Jesus Christ, I tell you to leave. And the first few times they do it, they're able to make it leave. Okay. And then all of a sudden, no, it doesn't want to go. And it won't go. It doesn't matter what name you're using. Right. It's not going to go anywhere. You're stuck with it because you you were messing with it and you're playing with something you're not supposed to play with. Yeah. And they have to call the congregation in to help them. And the congregation yeah. does it remotely because the congregation will not go to your house, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I've heard of that, believe it or not. I, I, I've, yeah. So uh, it, it's the same thing. Uh, you don't speak a, a skinwalker is incredibly a native american skinwalker mm -hmm. is i guess the way you can put it is incredibly uh a nasty person right to say the least i mean when you have to do things like uh kill a child or yeah i believe they had cannibalism necrophilia they, they were other or, or do whatever you have to do to gain the access to be what you think you want to be for eternity because nothing wants you right uh, i i mean um which goes to open up another door but uh you know it's like okay well you would think hell would be the first thing that that would accept something like that hell don't well, you know it, it, it's so bad i mean so right and i mean i I sometimes think, you know, was, were, let's, let's go on the basis of thinking that skinwalkers, whether you want to think of them as a spirit or humans that were practicing this very, very, you know, dark, you know, magic were frequenting there because there's something there, whether it's a portal, a passageway, which is, that's another thing that you, they say that you see a lot there, which is sightings of very unusual cryptids, like stuff that's like, where did this come from? being witnessed by different people uh, you know like is that why they were there to begin with not the other way around those things didn't come through because of the shapeshifters the shapeshifters were going to this piece of land because they recognized that there was something there energy wise or whatever the case might be that that's why they were attracted to it to begin with I mean, 
It's uh. Yeah. But it's you think of it as the same way that they did the Native Americans. Mm -hmm. They pushed them into nowhere. They kept pushing them and pushing them into places that were nothing. Nobody wanted that right. land. Pushed exactly. it nowhere, and that's you know. So you know, there's only so many places these things can hide. You know, yes. with, with Bigfoot, I think Bigfoot is uh, the natural form of of a human in the first place before its DNA was messed with by the Anunnaki to become what humans are now. Yes, it's possible. I, I, That's what I think. I, I personally I could, think that a lot of people sometimes that have cases that involve, let's say, elemental spirits, I think that normally, you know, because like you said, since we're pushing out into areas that before were very rural, and we're, we keep expanding and going into areas, that's when people sometimes have experiences whether it's hunting or just weird stuff that happens on the land it's because normally these spirits they don't want to have anything to do with it they're doing their thing they're elemental spirits they're tied to the land let's say whatever the river the water and uh, we arrive there and we start basically something similar to you know building uh you know building dams roads uh, all this stuff and that that sometimes we get some very unusual occurrences that are not tied into a human spirit I guess is my point and then good luck like you could say you can invoke whatever you want you're gonna have a tough time dealing with it you're gonna have a real tough time oh yeah yes absolutely and, and I've come across a few like that which is uh, you know how do you um, let's say if you want to go the route of religion I'm, you know as far as a tradition or whatever if you're talking something that's very ancient predestined predates Judeo-Christian and even a lot of other types of religion. How do you address something like that? How do you handle it? It's a tough call, let me tell you. Well, the shaman, uh, anyone in the occult who has been initiated, the whole point of initiation, people say, well, what do I want to be initiated for? Or, <clears throat> is because that way your name, they know who you are on the mm -hmm. other side. Yes. Yes, they do. That's that's a, that's why uh, a priest, uh, a, a Christian priest, supposedly, Catholic anyway, mm -hmm. that's why they can do what they can do is because what's the life on the other side knows who they are because they've been right. initiated and given that right, and people un, um, understand who that is on the other side, and it, and and it gives you the authority to do the things that you do, mm -hmm. where. Uh, you know, anything else. It's a double-edged sword, by the way. Yes, it is. And you know what I'm talking about, right? As far as being yeah. known. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That, that once that you know, once that information is out, it's out. Uh, and I, I, you know, I follow that. You know, I'm going to go with a Catholic religion because, you know, there are extras. They they have a hard time. Um convincing priests you know especially when they're coming out of the seminary you know newly minted priests the few that there are they have a hard time convincing any of them to be trained as exorcists because they don't want to do this they understand they just don't talk about it but they don't they understand very well what you just described oh yeah when, when you play with something like that i mean uh well in the kabbalah for example mm -hmm. you 
the Jewish side of things, which everybody says that Kabbalah is nothing more than numerology, and that's crap. The Kabbalah is the Jewish ritual magic. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. A side, side of it. Right, right. And you must be 40 years old before you can practice that according to Jewish law. And there's a reason for that. You have to be emotionally mature enough to be able to deal with that. Yes. And it's up to your teacher to even decide whether you can deal with that. Um, and, so, and like you said, there's a reason because... So you don't run, in other words. <laughs> yeah, a rabbi is, is better than a Catholic priest when it comes to this kind of stuff. Oh, it's on the Christian side of things because the, the rabbi system, yeah. knows the the down and dirty the rabbi it's like when you are a medical doctor you have to know people say oh well there's white and, and black magic and no there's not you have to know how much medicine it takes to kill somebody in order to only give them the proper amount of medicine right. to not kill them or the whole thing with the gun the gun doesn't kill somebody the person holding that gun kills somebody. It's all on a person wielding whatever that the do. The responsibility is held by the person practicing whatever they are practicing. Yes. And so, anyhow. I know that you've, you've, you've got uh, something that's going on with you, and I wanted to thank you, Paul, for taking this time and talk about this stuff, which I thought was super interesting, because I know that you must have a treasury of stories. Oh, well, I, yeah. Know, all right. <laughs> uh, but anyway thank you so much for coming on the show you've been absolutely wonderful I'm going to have a link to uh, your your website and for the radio station so that people could also uh, listen to you and, I, and, and if you can you say you said I don't know how much you want to talk about it and you said that you were going to be doing something new that you were working on something new do you want to uh, talk about that uh, or not yeah. yet uh, the name of the show is Into the Shadows, and okay. it's going to be co-hosted by someone else who has a, a podcast on the station. Okay. And on, uh, well, yeah, her podcast. Can't think of the name of uh, the other place that, that the podcast is. Cisco uh, Murdoch will be the co-host. Okay. And uh, our show will be about anything and everything. It won't just be paranormal. We'll do paranormal stuff, mm -hmm. but it's going to, if we want a cop on or if we want a politician on to talk, whatever, or whatever, it, this, the show's going to be about anything and everything. So Right, right, which is, I think it's fascinating. Do you have a launch date or, or is that still in no. the works? It, it's holidays and, you know, we had talked about something now and it's like we're just too busy to do it. Yeah, so. You know, Which is the way it should be, by the way, for all those workaholics out there. It's like, stop. <laughs> stop. Well, yeah. Enjoy the That's holidays. why I, for myself, I can decide when I want to work. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's, um, well, I, I'm going to keep an eye out for it. I want to wish you luck, though, on that project. And, you know, uh, like I said, I would love to bring you back and vice versa. And are you going to keep on with? with the Swamp Radio, or is that going to go away and you're just going to do Into oh, the Shadows? Black Swamp Radio is here to stay. I mean, okay. it's been for five years in it or more, and it's it's there to stay. It ain't going anywhere. Okay. Uh, so, and it's got quite a bit of good indie music. I know people don't really like indie music, but that's too bad. I'm a musician. <laughs> so I, play, I play indie music, and it's got my music on it, and I can make your ears go deaf when I sing. But, you know... <laughs> 
it is what it is, man. That's what happens when you're running the show. Isn't that a good thing? Exactly. I love my it. Own, I can play my own stuff. You That's can't right. deal with if you don't like it, turn it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me tell you something. I, I totally get it better than you think. So again, Paul, let me let you go because I know that you have something that you need to do that's very important. We talked about that off air. Uh, again, thank you so much. And happy holidays, happy new year. Many blessings you for too. you and your family. You too. You, you have a good one. And thank you for having me on your show. And Absolutely. we'll see you back. Take care. Bye-bye. Isn't he a fascinating guy? Wow. I, I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times off air, obviously, but... Uh, when when I when I say he's got stories, he's got stories. He's got stories. And you want me to tell you why I know he's got stories? Because I, first of all, stories that you hear because he's you know he's been involved in the paranormal and in paranormal radio and stuff that you hear. And uh, like he said, he's aware of the BS meter going off, and I'm sure he's heard stories where he must be thinking, "What a load of mm, this is." And by the same token, though, you hear stories that when you hear him, you're like, "Man." Jeez, God, this is real, and that's that makes you think. Plus, you can tell just by relating the stuff that he's talked about that he's had his own firsthand experiences. That story about the kitten was phenomenal. I think that's phenomenal because, like I said, a lot of the animal spirit ghost things that you hear. Uh, it's my little cat or my dog or whatever or you know, I felt my cat on my bed and or the dog and remember I'm an animal lover I have seven dogs all my little dogs are napping around my chair right now so I'm an animal lover but a lot of the stories that you hear are from pets and then you get this story which is I think there's 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 so much tied into it and if when he mentioned that when he would hear this story was when certain things were going on for him personally. And um, almost like, I want to say, you know, you've heard of people having crisis apparitions, but usually their apparitions sometimes are loved ones that have got, you know, either just died or, you know, they, 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 you know, they have a family member who they, that's passed on, but they've never really had any type of interaction. And then this, this family member will come to them, just give them like, like a reassurance, you're going to be okay. But in this case, it's a kitten. And I mean, I could dissect that with my psychotherapy hat till forever. Or like what we were talking about, which is, is this tied into his totem as animal spirit? And for those of you who have beliefs along those lines, again, that's a whole different show when we talk about uh, the symbology of certain animals and, and he was talking about of course from the Egyptian pantheon of gods and goddesses one of them which is Bast which is the cat and uh, as, as a matter of fact not too long ago I I mean there was always this belief that the Egyptians would mummify the cats like household cats not 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 sacrificing these but they found recently on a dig somewhere out there where there was like hundreds of cats that were pets and the point being that the they would usually mummify people and or things that were highly regarded that were important that you went into your afterlife and these cats household cats were 
were very important and that's why you know the, uh, you would have there's a there's the bast which was the goddess bast that that's part of their pantheon but anyway could that what was going on with Paul who knows like I said I'm sure he has other stories and I think about the <laughs> I love that I love that because a lot of people sometimes get caught up with the metaphysical and it's all the metaphysical and he might he might have thought I'm having a metaphysical moment out here God knows but he didn't get distracted from realizing you know what self-preservation just in case this is not a spiritual uh, animal screaming out there this might be a for real one let me just get inside hello okay this is like sometimes people think that if they're doing a spirit quest or they're having a metaphysical moment it's like it's all good folks no it's not it's not and, and this is um, this ties in if, if you are well, your, your spiritual beliefs or you've talked about you've heard about it you know um, as far as animal totems uh, there's also people that uh, would wear talismans like let's say the claw of a bear or this or that to signify its strength or whatever the case might be that you wanted to, let's say the strength of that animal you want to incorporate it and you would wear some talisman you have to understand that nature animals whatever the case might be it can't it's it's not controllable I mean there's a lot of strength there if that's what you're trying to draw on okay but it's also you it's not a quantity that you can control it and say okay I'm done now that's why you got to be very respectful of it and by this I believe it or not I am not the type of person that I think mother nature's out to punish any of us I don't I don't this thing is like mother nature's mad at you I'm sorry I don't believe that I think mother nature is like we're a blip on the radar it's gonna happen and nature's like that animals are like that okay sometimes we try to put human motivations and psychology and things into animals and they don't that's why sometimes when you see animals that kill another animal or that's happened to me you know that they killed one of my other it's the nature that the, they don't see it as right or wrong or good and evil they're just being true to their nature and I think that sometimes, and let's get back to the metaphysical, when people are trying to identify or correlate uh, between themselves and their totem, they don't realize this is the wild side. Yeah, you might be very admirable, but nature is about survival. If you're an animal, even plant life, it's about survival at all costs. And that can be very attractive if you want certain qualities but the flip side of that is you have to be very respectful of it because it's not going to work the way you want to uh, like between you and another human being it's not it really isn't it really isn't uh, and, and when I made that reference so you know when when people that have been subjected to living through natural disasters which I have I was I've lived here all my life in Miami and we've had all versions of hurricanes and I was here for Hurricane Andrew and have my roof blow off and I just stick my kids under a sofa and my that was that's a whole you know and last year where we had this hurricane come up through Florida which was Irma and then Maria and you know I, you realize at that moment that 
for all we think we're important, even with our technologies, we really aren't when it comes to the forces of nature. The best you can do is like have a plan and survive and protect yourself and you know your family or whoever's with you so you can come out the other end and get on with life. But in that moment, okay, when you have 200 mile per hour winds screeching around your house, it you kind of fade into insignificance, but we get carried away with that. So um, I think that that is one of those things that sometimes we lose sight of in our everyday lives and modern and you know and a lot of people that even say this thing about you know the paranormal they poo poo it and I, and I, I understand there's a lot of stories out there that is like are you kidding me that's a load of mm. but by the same token there's still a lot about us and our world what's seen and unseen that is not explained and a lot of us don't want to look any closer because it would kind of make us feel unsafe because there's a lot of people that want to have it regimented you know, diggies, I want to know what are my, this is where I exist. Don't bring anything out, no weird stuff. And, which is why I say that the day that they actually declare that UFOs are real or ET's been coming home, there's going to be a few people going, oh, running around like Chicken Little because one thing is, what's uh, it's a theory or whatever you want to call it, despite all the videos. And then the actual admission by governments or whoever might be, or somebody, they, one of them lands on the front lawn of the White House, whatever. That it's like, okay, there's no denying it. You know, there's a portion of our population besides the UFO stuff, just the paranormal or anything that they can't feel or touch. It's like, hey, man, if it doesn't fit in here, and I don't want it to fit here, because then I'm going to have to think, what is my place then in all of this? And that there's a lot of edges to this which fall off into the fuzzy, fuzzy, misty, which I don't know what's there. Where does it go? What's out there? What's in there? What can come in? What can come out? And then, of course, which is, I, that's part of what I consider paranormal. And that's why I think it's so fascinating. Uh, not only the hard facts, but also that there's a lot of things that not only do we not understand that there's things out there that we don't even know about that we don't even know about either by choice or circumstance and hoping in the future want to do a lot of shows like that and uh one of the things that <clears throat> that paul was talking about when he's you know this new project that he's got going on into the shadows which is that i've had a lot of requests you know i've asked in the past you know folks do you want to uh, give me suggestions about themes or guests or what do you want to talk about? And I've had a lot of people wanting not only to talk about UFOs and cryptids, but I have a lot of people. That, and I'm going to use this word lightly. I don't mean it in a derogatory sense. But I've had a lot of people say, oh, I would wish to discuss some conspiracy theories out there. And by this, I don't necessarily mean government conspiracies, even though the government's tied sometimes. But we're talking stuff I've had requests for... Um, manipulation of the weather, uh, different things, you know, um, behind the scenes things that that sometimes are not apparent. So I'm going to see if I can dig somebody up. So, uh, uh, you know, like I've had requests along those lines. And the truth is, I do want to bring people on, 
but I also, how can I say, I want to be somebody that's halfway credible, somebody that's going to talk about something that, that partway makes sense, okay? That when you're listening to them, you're going to kind of going, huh, what? I mean, there's nothing wrong with huh, what? But I, I want to talk to somebody like, hey, you've got a theory about whatever it is, this conspiracy. For example, let's go down that road. But you're basing it on what observations, on what this, this, and this. Okay, I can, I can buy that. But there's a lot of people out there sometimes that have theories where it's like, okay, you came up with this theory based on what, a dream you had? Where, where would you get this from? Did you observe something? Have you done research? Where, where are you getting this? Where Or where are you linking this event to this event or that person? How did you get where you're at now? So anyway, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. There's a lot of things I'm working on. But anyway, guys, again, like I said before, my prior show, probably by the time you get a show, since it's a little bit staggered, holidays will have passed. But regardless, Happy New Year 2019. Uh, happy holidays, even though they've passed. Uh, wishing you the best for you and your family. Good luck. Uh, I think we have a lot of interesting things coming up personally and on a bigger scale for 2019. And uh, even though we're very resistant to change, I think it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, hang tight, hang on tight. You know, like when you're going on that roller coaster, you know, and you're going down that thing and your hair's going, and you're, ah! it's like, I love it. You know, at the end, you're like, in that moment, it's like, oh my God, my butt's off the chair. But then when you get off, you're like, let's do that again. At least that's me. That's, that's what I like. That's what I like. It's scary and change and what's next. And this, this is something else. But then when you come off, you're like, oh, okay, let me take a sip of water. Let's do it again. So anyway, guys. Again, thank you for being part of my audience and sharing this time. Go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com if you want to download the MP3 file for the show. If you want a link to the different podcast platforms that you're going to find me on. Also links to the video on YouTube. If you're one of my true believers, you can submit a story there. Please submit your story. Do not be shy. Whatever it is. I want to hear about it. I want to read it. I want to take yourself. Whatever. You want to be anonymous? I can do that too. Uh, don't forget about me. So take care, guys. See ya. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.